0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Adele. Um, How good is it, hey? Everyday church. Here we are. Here we are. Fantastic. Now, um, I love having fun in church. Who cares when people get up with stuff hanging (laughs) off them? I thought I would better check myself before I get up as well. But um, that video that we just showed, that clip, that clip was made uh, four weeks ago. So in actual fact so it's four weeks ago that I filmed, we filmed that clip. So in actual fact, what has come in so far is are you ready? Yeah. I said 101,000 there four weeks ago. 112,000 and 195. <laughs> How good is that? That's about 11 grand that's come in in the last four weeks of people have honoured their pledges. So I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. We're on our way to providing a permanent home for not only us but for the generations to come. For our children and our children's children. That's super exciting. Praise God. So today we're starting a, a new series called Every Day. These shirts, by the way, they're $25 and Jacob's book is $20 and all profits are going to go into our building fund. So if you can head over to the table and and purchase. Oh, Siri always talks to me. It's funny. I say to I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, I am serious. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not talking to you, Siri. But anyway, praise God. Uh, So we're starting a new series today called Every Day. And so the heart behind our new name change is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says this. uh, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. How awesome is that? That is the heart behind our name change here at Everyday Church. The heart is is that we're not just a Sunday church. We are not just a Sunday church. We are the church. And every day we get up and we place before God our day. We place it before him. We bring it to him. We commit to to him our plans. We commit to him our words, our behaviour, our actions. And we come before him and we place it before him as an offering. And every day we're so very aware of the reality of people's eternal destiny around us. We're so aware of people's eternal destiny of those around us that God has called us and equipped us to be his hands and feet. We are his hands and feet. He didn't just call us into his kingdom for our salvation, but for the salvation of many. And I forgot to say hi to our online viewers as well. G'day. (laughs) You know, when we gave our hearts to Jesus Christ, we got given a new assignment. We got given a purpose, a new purpose. We got given a destiny. You know, many years ago, I had a drug addiction. That's what I struggled with every single day. And every single day I woke up. And my mission for the day was... How much money could I get today? How can I get some more money to get more drugs? And that was what I did every day. That was my purpose. Every day I woke up and that is what I did. And I wondered and searched for, why are we all here? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of human beings? I just didn't get it. The emptiness, the shallowness, the just existing for existing sake. If this is life, it ain't worth living. If this is life, it ain't worth living. What on earth are we all here for? You know, for some of us, we've come up with our own solutions. We've come up with our own uh, destinies. We've come up with our own purpose in life. And for some of us, it's how much money can we make? How much money can we make? For some of us, it's how successful can we be? How successful can we be? For some of us, it's how many men or women can we date? For some of us, it's how can we make our kids or husband or wife happy? That's our focus. How can we make them happy? And we focus just on that. For some of us, we live from one holiday to the next and we self-medicate in between. For some of us, we, it's all about how much fun can we have? That used to be my purpose as well just it's just all we have to have fun and that's all it's about how do we get the most out of life and that is the only pursuit and don't get me wrong either some of these things are good things to pursue making money uh, then it's not a bad thing it's a good thing to make money there's nothing wrong with wanting your family to be happy or your husband or wife it's not a bad thing there's nothing wrong with wanting to live a full life, either. We should want to live the abundant life, but we all have a higher calling. We all have a higher calling, and we won't find peace and fulfillment and joy in those things alone. Yeah. If that is our only pursuit in life, you will not find peace and joy and fulfillment in that alone. And some of them are never-ending pursuits. I mean, really, will you ever have enough money? Will you ever? Sometimes it's the more money you make, the more you spend. We'll always find something to spend money on, right? When will your husband or wife or kids ever be truly happy? Will they ever be truly happy from, your, um, from what you do? When will they ever truly be happy? Can you make them completely happy? Or is that something they need to pursue for themselves? You hear of the stories as people climb the ladder of success and they end up all alone alone never ending pursuits and these pursuits lead us down bunny trails they lead us down bunny trails and they take us off the course of what God has planned for us they take us off course down a bunny trail and so Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says take your everyday ordinary life your sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering embracing what god does for you is the best thing that you can do for him we offer ourselves as living sacrifices you know when i found jesus i found life i found hope i found destiny i found purpose i found what i needed in him you know we're all created to be in relationship with our heavenly father we know that right If you don't know that, I'm telling you that this morning. You were created to be in relationship with your heavenly father. And when we were born, we were born separated from him because of what Adam and Eve, their disobedience in the Garden of Eden. So we're born separated. And the only way back into relationship with our heavenly father is through Jesus Christ. It's the only way back into relationship. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way to the father except through me jesus speaking not me jesus there's no other way and so we give our hearts to jesus christ and we make him lord of our life and if you haven't done that we can give you an opportunity really really soon if you're listening this morning and you haven't given your heart to jesus christ we can give you an opportunity very very soon and so we find ourselves when we do that we find ourselves where we belong back in the arms of our heavenly father And then things start to make sense, don't they? Things start to make sense. And in that moment, we find peace. We find love. We find hope. We find I'm not alone. I have the king of the universe on my side. If my God is for me, who can be against me? If your God is for you, who can be against you? You have the king of the universe on your side. You've got somebody walking with you now who will never, ever leave you, disappoint you, let you down. And in that moment, we have been given a purpose, a destiny, a mission. We've been given an assignment. You know, there's a story in the Bible about two fishermen. It's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. And it says this, As he was walking by the shore of Lake Galilee, Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha, later called Peter, and and the other was Andrew, his brother. And watching as they were casting their nets into the water, Jesus called out to them and said, come and follow me and I'll transform you into men who catch people for God. Don't you love that? Immediately they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Jesus. Peter and Andrew in that moment got given a purpose, they got given a destiny, they got given a new assignment, come follow me and I'll transform you into men who catch people for God, did they still fish? Yes, they still fished but with a higher calling, catching people for God. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. These disciples began to live differently. They had a purpose now. They had a mission given to them by God. They become disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples of Jesus Christ, catching people for God. And that same mission has been given to us. That very same mission has been given to us to catch people for God. In the book of Luke in one chapter, chapter 15, uh, there's three stories, three parables. The lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. This is just in one chapter, there's three stories. The lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. And each time the story shows how everything is done to look for that which is lost. If you go through and you read Luke chapter 15, you'll read the three parables. And in each story... Everything is done to look for that which is lost. The woman searched everywhere for her coins. The the man left the 99 to go and search for that one lost sheep. The, The father scanned the horizon waiting for his son to come home and then he just gave him everything. You know, I remember when I lost the diamond out of my engagement ring. I did everything I could to search for this diamond. It was of value to me. I even sifted through the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) You do what you've got to do to search for things that are of value to you. We search for things that are lost. We do everything we can. And each time in the story, when that which is lost is found, there is a joyous celebration. When I found my diamond, I found it. There was a joyous celebration. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, that's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him. He says to all his angels, Let's have a joyous celebration for that one who was lost, I have found. You know, God's heart breaks for his lost kids. His heart breaks for his lost kids. You ever lost your kid in a shopping center? Your heart drops. Tracy's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your heart drops. Doesn't it? You ever lost your kid in a shopping centre for that brief second or brief however long your experience was, the longer the worst it is. His heart breaks for his lost kids. And when they're found, he celebrates. When they're found, he celebrates and he does not hold back. He loves his found kids. He loves us. If you're a believer here this morning, he loves you. Him looking for his lost kids doesn't take away from his found kids. He loves you still. The angels celebrated when you and I came to know Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop with us. He wants all his kids. He wants all of them and he wants us to have his heart and to partner with him in bringing them home. His heart breaks for his lost kids and he has given us the absolute honour and privilege to partner with him in this thing called the ministry of reconciliation the ministry of reconciliation in 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 it says this and god has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to god In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions and he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. What an honour. What a privilege. What a cause to live for. He has given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. What an absolute honour that is. A privilege, a purpose, a destiny. You're wondering, if you are wondering, what on earth are you on this earth for? Why do you go about your every day? This is it. This is the ministry for every single believer. And once we have an awareness of what we are called to, an awareness of of those around us, the awareness of people's eternal destination, an awareness that we live for Jesus Christ every single day, we begin to live differently. We begin to live differently and we understand that we have a part to play. We all have a part to play. We become living sacrifices. We don't live for ourselves, but we live for others. And we just read, He has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. He's entrusted it to me, but He's entrusted it to you, to every single person. If you're a believer, When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you got given a new assignment, a new purpose, a new destiny, a new mission. We are a part of his great plans. Now, we don't have to go out and quit our jobs. That's not what we... Because that is our every day. That's our every day. Unless, of course, God calls you to, then do it. And sometimes that happens. But it's not like we have to do that to be in the ministry. We don't have to pack up and move to another country unless, of course, God calls you to because it is our every day. We're already strategically placed where he wants us to catch people for God. We're already where he wants us to be unless he tells you to move, of course. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering Romans ten fourteen. but how can people call on him for help if they've not yet believed and how can they believe in one they've not yet heard of and how can they hear the message of life if there was no one there to proclaim it that's us we're called he's asking us God has called you specifically who me yes you <laughs> not me surely not me yes you I don't know. Yes, God has called you specifically. If you are a believer in Christ, if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, it's a new assignment that you have been given. And you might ask, Well, what can I do? How do I even start? You might say, But God, I'm so ill equipped. I'm an introvert. I'm not trained. I don't know how to even start conversations with people about God. How do I do this? How do I walk out the ministry of reconciliation? How do I catch people for you? How do I do this? I want to, but I don't know how. Lord, help me. And sometimes it's as simple as that. Lord, help me. You know, when God called called Moses, Moses gave all his excuses to God. If you go and read that in Exodus, I can't remember what chapter, um, but you can Google it and find it out for yourself. But he says, who am I? What if they? I have never used someone else. Every excuse he gave to God when God called him. And God answered everyone, by the way. And Moses still had to do or did what he was called to. It's interesting to note that when Jesus called the fishermen, we read it earlier, He said this, he said, I will transform you into men who catch people for God. I will transform you. They didn't come ready made. I will transform you into men who will catch people for God. Into women who will catch people for God. I will transform you, he said. He just said, follow me. Follow me and I will teach you. I will help you. I will grow you. I will show you. I will lead you. The disciples did not come ready made. None of us come ready made. None of us have arrived. We all start somewhere. But the important thing is that we start, that we take that first step that God is calling us to do. Come and follow me and I'll transform you into people who catch people for God, into men and women who catch people for God. But what you do need is a revelation, a revelation uh, of the calling, a willingness, an openness, a teachable heart and obedience to allow God to transform you into all that he has called you to, to accept the mission, to take seriously what he is saying to you. You know, Jesus' disciples were everyday, ordinary people, just like me and you, everyday, ordinary people, everyday church church for everybody everyday ordinary people they had their own fears their own insecurities their own inadequacies they had questions they had frustrations yet they also had something else in acts 413 it says this in the passion the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of peter and john especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training And then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. They witnessed a bold courage. They had courage. If you remember the word over our church at the start of the year was to have and to possess and to step out in an unrestrained boldness. And the disciples had that bold courage and it came from spending time with Jesus Christ from being led by the Holy Spirit. Their boldness developed as they took risks, as they stepped out, as they confronted fears. You know, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. And yes, he wobbled and he began to sink. If you know the story, he began to sink. But the scripture says that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him immediately. Some of us need to get out of the boat. Some of us need to take that step out of the boat. Will will you make mistakes? Yes. Will you wobble? Yes. Will you always get it right? No. But just like Jesus was there for Peter when he called out, Lord, help me. Immediately he stretched out his hand and he caught him. Jesus is ready there to catch you when you wobble. When you make mistakes, when you don't always get it right, we need to trust in his grace. We need to trust in the calling. We need to trust the fact that he's called us. He said, follow me. And so we walk in that grace as we follow him. And he'll transform us as we go, as we take that first step, the next step, the step after. He'll transform us as you go, as you embrace the calling, as you embrace the mission as you commit to your purpose and destiny. Are you catching this this morning? Are you catching it? As you rely on the Holy Spirit, there's nothing like the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. Lord, give me opportunity. Lord, what do I say? Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me that's a good prayer you know there's nothing wrong with that prayer lord help me so what can you do where do you start well i'm glad you asked as pastor jacob would say and this is where we start with these cards you know what we call these cards we call these cards weapons these are weapons In Esperance, at the property of Teen Challenge, there's a 1.5 kilometre driveway. And as you're leaving the driveway, just before you leave the driveway, there's a sign. And the sign says, You are now entering your mission field. That's what the sign says. You are now entering your mission field. And the reason it says that is because we understand that there's a fight for people's eternal destination. We understand there's a fight against the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light there's many places in the bible that it talks about that and you'd be pretty silly to enter a mission field without any weapons right you got to have weapons if you're going to enter a mission field you have to have weapons and so we need weapons and we have and we use one prayer already uh, one weapon already and that's called prayer prayer is a weapon And we use that here at, I was going to say, Grace Church, Everyday Church. We use that here, that weapon, at Everyday Church. We've just been through seven days of prayer and fasting. We have uh, prayer nights. We, We start our services off with prayer. We're always praying. We use and utilise that weapon. But we also have another weapon, and it's these. These are another weapon that we can use as we enter our mission field and it's as simple as making sure when you leave your household when you're entering your mission field that you have these weapons on you and I find the easiest place to have these weapons I started off with them in my purse but it's too hard to quickly get there when you're in conversation with people particularly if you're out at a restaurant or the checkout or whatever it's much easier to have them in your back pocket hey do you go to church Are you a church goer? You should come check out our church. Keep talking. You hand the card. These are our weapons. And as you're going about your everyday, you're eating, sleeping, going to work, walking around life. Maybe not sleeping. Walking around life, going to work, going to the shops. Just whatever you do every day, simply invite people to church. You invite them to a place where they can walk in and find the love of God. You invite them to a place where they can experience the tangible presence of God. You invite them into a place where they hear the word of God. You invite them into a place where they have an opportunity to give their hearts to Jesus Christ, affecting their eternal destiny. You invite them into a place where they have a sense of belonging. You invite them into a place where they uh, can make friendships and be around like-minded people. The power of invitation. These are so important, these weapons. We make it so simple, leaving the house with these weapons.
1: Yes, we have
0: prayer and we do our soul focus and we're going to do that in a couple of weeks and we pray and we pray and we pray for people. But we need to go another step. We need to take that next step and actually begin to invite people to enter in to come with us to take them on their journey—the power of invitation—and and you might say, "Well, what I have, I've invited before. What if they don't come? That's God's part. Don't worry about that. That's God's part. But what if what if they say no, or what if they what if I feel rejected, or, or what if? It doesn't matter. That's God's part." That's God's responsibility to work on people's heart. It's up to, it's up, that's his part. Our part is just simply to extend an invitation, the power of invitation. And if they say no, ask the next person. There's plenty of people around and we need to think about their eternal destination. So many people around us our part is to open the door. We read earlier, and He has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. That's an open door. That's a start. That's taking a step. That's extending an invitation. Popping one of these in somebody's hand and saying, Hey, why don't you come along and check it out? And whatever happens from there is God's outcome it's his responsibility we don't get to control the whole lot but we partner with him in what he has called us to stepping out and extending an invitation and you might think well the people i hang out with or the people i know they're just not ready but you know the bible says opposite to that John chapter 4, verse 35 says this As the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus said to his disciples, Why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time. For their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a spiritual harvest. And everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. And those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. The harvest is ready. God's waiting for you. God's waiting for me to step out and extend an invitation, the power of invitation. And we make it so simple. Don't leave the house without these. These are your weapons. Yes, pray, but these are also your weapons. We've got truckloads of them and we can order more in. There's plenty of space for so many more people in this big hall that God has blessed us with. And I'm super excited as we move into our own building when it comes. But what's the point of a building if we're not extending invitations for people to come in? What's the point? We need to step out of the boat. And I say this in love, and I know I'm passionate about it, but we're talking about people's eternal destination. And God's calling us. He's calling you. everybody sitting in these seats. He's calling us. Will you respond? If you respond, stand to your feet this morning. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the mission that you've given here us here at Everyday Church, Father God. We thank you that you have called us to advance God's kingdom with the message of Jesus Christ in our city and across the world, Father. And today we choose to accept that calling. Today, we choose to take responsibility. Today, we choose to allow you to transform us, overcoming our fears and insecurities and inadequacies, to step out and simply extend an invitation to those around us. People that we know and people we don't know, it doesn't matter, there's people everywhere, and you care and your heart breaks for your lost kids. So I pray, Lord, that you give us the courage that you need, that we need, Father. Give us the courage that we need to step out of the boat, that we wouldn't shrink back for fear of rejection or because we're afraid of a no, but would push forward in you and understand that there's a fight in the spiritual realm for people's destinies. And so today we make a commitment to be led by your spirit as we go about our every day, that we slow down a little bit (laughs) and we think about the people in front of us and placed around us and we understand that you have placed us there for such a time as this. And we accept the calling and the mission upon our lives. And just while our heads are bowed, and while we're in this moment of worship, if there's anybody in this building or anyone listening online where you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today is your day. Where you can invite Jesus into your heart and begin a personal relationship with Him. So if there's anybody here in the building right now, if you just want to raise up your hand or if you're online, type yes in the comments. And we're going to pray a prayer all together. It's a simple prayer. And it's the first day today of a very exciting journey. If you can follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Wash me clean. I ask that you forgive my sins. I thank you for purpose. I thank you for destiny. I thank you for a new assignment. And today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. I'm just going to hand over to Pastor Jacob and he's going to lead us in our building fund this morning.